This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with our amazing town manager in Gilbert, Patrick Banger. And Patrick, you and I have been working together now for six and a half years, which is crazy. I can't believe that. And you've been the manager here for seven and a half years. And so one of the things when I'm talking to my counterparts in other cities, maybe communications directors or innovation folks who are trying to drive change through their organization, they often tell me, I'd love to do what you're doing, but I don't have the buy-in from the top down. And so I know in past episodes and really early on in the launch of this podcast, we talked about the creation of our department and how the vision kind of came It definitely came from you and what you'd been watching with Michael Bloomberg in New York City. So I just wanted to talk about, again, how important it is that everyone is on the same page, aligned with that vision, and where we're going to be successful, I think, in a lot of the efforts that we're making here. Dana, first, thank you. That's very kind of you. And and so much of our success is due to you and the amazing team you've put together. And and without you and and all of your your team members, we wouldn't be where we are today. Thank you. Getting back to um, the importance of the buy-in from top-level leadership and, and when I talked to the mayor and council and I got them to agree to take a different approach with our communications department, create an office of digital government, that based on what I was watching Michael Bloomberg do in New York City, it was just, it resonated with me that he was very effectively using the new tools for communicating with people and engaging with people to, to great effect. And, and for me, it's all about communication and how do you do that most effectively? And, and this just it is just a new tool, just like when newspapers came around and then radio and then TV. It's just new tools, new mediums, but it's still just communication, and that's what it's about. And if we need to understand where our community is, where our businesses, where our citizens are getting their sources of information, and that is just drastically changing in, in society. Exactly, and it's changing so quickly, I think, all of it. The world, you know, you go to bed at night, you wake up in the morning, technology's advanced, things have changed. And one of the things that I don't think that government traditionally has done well is adapt to that change and turn on a dime and be quick to shift. You know, it it struck me, even when I started here, we made all these long-term plans, and I sometimes laugh because I'm I'm like, okay, a year ago, I didn't even, you know, know that there would be self-driving cars per se or whatever that technology might be, right? So it's very difficult to kind of anticipate in the long term where we'll be. And I think government gets caught and stuck a lot of times and aren't able to innovate because they can't do that. And one of the things I think you've given us the freedom to do is to try to fail, try again, shift course. Um, But that really has to come from you down, right? Because your leadership team isn't going to feel the freedom to do that unless you set that tone and example. And so I think a lot of other, I just talked to a city recently who came to visit and they said, well, our city manager still wants to send out a newsletter in the mail and wants Mm -hmm. to write this weekly long, it wasn't even a blog post, it was like a weekly update via email. And I said, why? Mm -hmm. Do they know who's reading it? Have they tracked the analytics? You know, why? What's the reason behind it? And start to push your leadership and ask them, why are we doing the things the way we're doing? And if the answer is, it's because we've always done it that way, we shouldn't be doing it. And you're just different in that way. I think, than most other city managers or mayors, leaders in cities. And and it's so unique. And maybe it's because you had some 
you know, you had a combination of public-private sector background too, mm -hmm. but maybe talk about what you've seen and why you think that that's been so effective for you as as a city manager here in Gilbert. Sure, you know, it it again, understanding where your community is, where your residents are, with where your audience is that you need to communicate with. If you're not using the right medium, it's like you're talking to yourself in a room. You're, you're talking, but no one's listening, and it's difficult sometimes to understand that. Um, but a manager, our job is to, um, one, carry out the, the direction, the desires of the elected officials, the mayor and the council members, and the things they'd like to see happen in their community. And managers, so a, a large part of, of your role, which is a very diverse set of departments and service lines, um, but is to drive that change, but also to manage risk and understand where um, those potholes lie and help guide this organization forward, guide the community forward, but, but do it in a pragmatic, responsible way. And so with this new technology, um, a lot of it is being created as we speak, and there's ambiguity because you don't know where the pitfalls are. You don't know lessons learned. You don't know best practices. And then the manager feels like they cannot be the change agent they need to be for the organization because they don't necessarily understand this themselves. But, but that, it, in its, that point in itself, it, it's really about communication. It, you don't have to understand every new social media tool that comes as a manager. What you need to understand is my job is to make sure we are effectively engaging our community. And so I need to find the right people to bring onto this team who are abreast in these changing technologies, these, these new platforms and then support them in um, engaging with our residents in, in most the, the most effective way and getting the directors to understand that we will go down this path as well because if we don't, we will not get the community support when we need it the most at the ballot when there are things we need, projects coming. Um, they won't know because we have, we've been talking in channels that they're not listening to, but it, it's just communication is all it is. These are just new tools for communicating the same way we've always communicated. Hiring the right people. That's I mean, right. you said it, and I think it's so true. And you hear another thing I hear commonly from my counterparts is, well, I'm stuck with the people I've had. I've had them forever. They don't understand how to do this. They can't make change. And, and one of the things when you came in the organization was you took a lot of positions and made them at will. And that was really controversial at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but it gave a lot of people the ability to hire the right people for the job in different looking jobs than, you know, audiovisual text where it was a job of the past in government, but now we need digital journalists who are creating video content every day, not pushing buttons at council meetings. So it's the type of people, it, I mean, it's the same thing about my position, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't want to hire a communications director, you wanted to hire a chief digital officer. Right. So you really set that tone right. about the type of people we should be Hiring. And I think, right. you know, and, and creating jobs that are going to attract millennials to want to work in local government. I mean, right. instead of being afraid of how millennials are going to change our workplace, let's create a space that they want to come to every day right. to work in. I mean, I think that's what I've tried to do with my team. And I think what you've tried to do is not some stodgy government place where I'm going right. to sit in a cubicle and, you know, never talk to anyone. So I think that that's so key, but you have to have the ability, do. again, from the top down, the ability to make that change. You do, and having the right people are critical, you know, for all of us as leaders in any organization. If we achieve any level of success, 
it's because the best thing we did was hire the right people for the right roles. It's like trying to cut down a tree with a hammer. You have to have the right tools, you have to have the right people, and then you need to give those people the right resources to do their jobs. And it's about being responsive to the needs of your community, the same way in which the private sector is responsive to the needs of their customers. And if your product that you're selling in the private sector no longer resonates with people, they're gonna stop buying it and you will not be in business much longer our dynamics are different in government. We don't get that immediate feedback cycle, which can be difficult to understand where they are, which again is another, the, these engagement tools and that the analytics we can measure utilize, it. measure with them. I mean, it's just invaluable to help us understand the needs of our community, our customers, so to speak. And then we've got to be responsive. And yes, sometimes you do have to, I think the best thing every leader, the responsibility we bear is being clear about the direction we're heading, the outcomes we need to achieve, and then giving people who want to, to achieve those things, if it's retraining, if, if it's development opportunities so they can kind of refresh their skill set, give them the opportunity to be successful. But at the end of the day, whoever's sitting in each chair, we need to make sure it's the right person. And there's times when we do need to make changes and it's the most difficult part in any organization, public or private, but it's about being responsive to the needs. Yeah, especially when you don't have a lot, right? You don't have right. the depth to hire huge staff. I mean, you're working with you know, citizens, tax dollars, and you always have to be conscious of that. And so it's even more important when you don't have huge you know, teams of people that you have the right people. I always say it's like a puzzle. You, know, you need all of the right pieces fitting together to make it work. And I think that's another thing. You know, we don't have the luxury, especially in Gilbert, where we're quite lean to, you know, have enough depth that we can even have like, you know, players on the bench, you know, this is it, this is what we've right. got. And so it's even more crucial that you have the right people in right. those positions. It, it is. And, you know, again, in the private sector, just to, as a nice contrast, every dollar spent in the most successful private corporations are spent to enhance revenues. If we spend $1, we hope to bring back in $10. It's not that same dynamic in government. We want to keep taxes and fees for service as low as we possibly can while returning the highest quality services we can. So every hiring decision, every dollar spent, it's just critical that we understand what that potential return on it. And it's in citizen satisfaction. It's in about creating quality of life. It's about creating an environment where people wanna move their business to your community, move their family to your community, but it's not necessarily about we'll see a return on some type of revenue. Mm -hmm. I love it. And a lot of the work that you are doing, you know, obviously you said, you know, working with the mayor and council, but one of the things that I notice is the way that you and the mayor work together collectively on this vision for the future. And right now we're in this planning stage of thinking about we're at the top where this, you know, we, are, we experienced unprecedented growth and, you know, grew so quickly. And I think now, you know, we, we received all these amazing accolades. And one of the things the mayor said to you, we've talked on a previous episode about was, where do we go from here? Only down. That's a really tough position to be in. And so your big focus has been on, you know, how do we stay at the top? And right. no, no city that we know of has really been able to do that in the past. And so I love the way you are working together as a mayor. I think a lot of times in cities when the leadership turns over every four years or whatever that looks like, um, it's very difficult to sustain long-term change and planning is. when kind of like in New York, when Bloomberg left and his team left, de Blasio comes in with a different team. They right. start new initiatives that are very different. It's how do you drive change 
15, 20 years right. if you have that constant turnover. Right. And so I love the way you, the mayor, the organization is now thinking about planning for the future. Yeah, I feel so lucky to work with our, our current mayor as well as our council. I think they have the the long-term best interests of this community at heart, and, and that's the that's the, the foundation that we need to build off of. But it's about understanding the long-term impacts of decisions we make today when it comes to in infrastructure investments and, and maintenance of that infrastructure. But again, it really comes back to creating competitive advantage of, for this community and doing things that make this a place where people want to continue to move to and continue to invest in, whether it be, fa again, families or businesses, not just today while we're growing, but even after build out that this is, there's such a quality of life here. We've created such a demand to want to be in Gilbert that they will continue to come years and decades down the road. Yeah, I think that it's amazing. And, you know, I know that you're a unicorn when it comes to city managers. I understand <laughs> that. code that. for weird? <laughs> yeah. Well, I always tell people I wouldn't work in government if I didn't work <laughs> here and for you. Um, we love all the weirdness about you. You have yet to bring up extraterrestrials on this <laughs> podcast, which is quite surprising, actually. We might have to give you a special episode to do that. But I think it, it, it is something special about this community and and about we're not your typical government. We talk about that a lot. Like when we're recruiting, we say in HR, we're the, the Google of government, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I love that kind of concept of attracting, you know, different types of people and looking for that and, and the way that we're thinking about innovation. So one of the things that's really exciting to come is you're hiring a chief innovation mm -hmm. officer. And so that's really great. And, and trying to get everyone thinking about, you know, what does the smart city of the future look like? And, and like you said, how do we ensure that we're still as amazing in 20 years as we are today? Mm -hmm. And so that's really exciting. And so I think it's really cool that after seven and a half years, you're still thinking and finding new ways to innovate. This is cyclical. This isn't something that just right. happens at the beginning. And I think right. that's important for city leaders to understand too, is it's, it's that back to that constant change. Right. It's, you are always looking at what are the trends out there in the world, not just in government, mm -hmm. right? So that we can compete in mm -hmm. all of those spaces. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. So where do you find your constant inspiration to continue to think about innovating? You know, that that's a great question, Dana. And I think probably I've just always been, I was born with a curiosity for everything around me, for, for the world, for myself. I've just always wanted to understand and, and learn and grow and, and continue to evolve. But I think really the only constant in life is change, that things will continue to change, continue to involve, evolve in, in all aspects. And so we, to be relevant and to to be a leader, we need to stay abreast of that, and, and we need to anticipate what's happening in our community, what needs to happen in our community. We need to create those new paradigms um, and understand where we've got opportunity to solve some of our biggest challenges and problems and, and seize upon opportunities. And then at the end of the day, we need to help people, because that's what we're here to do, help people, help businesses. and. Um, it, it's an exciting time to be in the public sector. You mentioned our chief innovation officer. I just got word yesterday uh, our candidate accepted the offer, so we can't wait for this individual to start. They come to us with just an amazing background set of experiences in education. But um, it's the most exciting time when, it, when you think about the type of technology and new tools that are being developed that are going to help us to enhance the quality of life and serve our residents with greater efficiency, with higher quality, to anticipate what their needs are. Um, I've, in my 27 years in and around government, 
I've never seen more opportunity than exists today. Yeah, it's amazing. And I know, you know, it's you, every time you turn around, you're reading about something new and everyone's talking about a lot of buzzwords like smart cities and, yeah. and it's easy to kind of get sucked into. Yeah. And I think I, for me, at least one of the most important things I've done is to stand back and say, it's not how government does it. It's how the world does it. You yeah. know, if, if the world is moving in this direction, you know, people are paying their bills using Venmo and, you know, no one's writing a check anymore and people rarely have cash in their wallet. Why isn't government operating that way too? And mm -hmm. making it easy. I always say exactly what you said earlier, thinking about who your audience is and your residents, but it's all about them and improving right. their lives and right. making their interactions with their community easier. Right. And I think that's one of the things that we've tapped into. You know, I always talk about the fact that I don't take for granted that our average age is quite young, 33, mm -hmm. and you know, 80,000 of our 250,000 residents are school-aged children. And so we have that advantage that maybe other cities demographically might not. Mm -hmm. um, however, it takes a person like you and that leadership to be willing to throw away the way we've done things in the past mm -hmm. and think about doing things differently. I remember when I started here, there was still a monthly newsletter yeah. and you were writing a blog. I was. And no one was reading it. Three people. <laughs> my mom read it twice each, each time. So probably two people were reading it. Yeah. And so we're like, let's switch it to a video format, yeah. you know? Yeah. And now like yeah. we can track the views. We yeah. know that, you know, how many people are watching it. Right. And it's amazing. And, and, well, and it's almost amazing. I have no on-screen um, ability or talent whatsoever. That's why this whatsoever. is a podcast. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Thank you for that. <laughs> you are in the digital state of the town though. Yeah. And, and my will, staff takes good care of you in the, the editing point, process. As always. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing. But yeah, it is. It's really, you know, important. And I think interesting to kind of understand how you have to constantly be looking for those opportunities right. to change. Right. And if you can't show value and track the analytics right. and show the numbers, you know, you don't know how many people are reading a newsletter. That's I mean, right. we knew how many people are reading a blog, but right. a lot of other city managers, I think that, you know, maybe still rely on some of yeah. those old school ways for mm -hmm. communicating. You know, you don't necessarily, you don't know your ROI. You don't Absolutely. know who you're reaching or, or what's happening because of that. And I think that's one of the things we're constantly focused mm -hmm. on here and emphasizing. It's yeah. so crucial to a lot of our success. Absolutely. You know, Dana, and that's something you brought to us, the power of video. It is still an extremely powerful medium for communicating and, and messaging to your community, short and long form. It's about knowing the appropriate format for your audience, for your needs, um, and, and connecting with them in the most meaningful way. Oh, see? You get it. How lucky am I? But that's what it's all about. Absolutely. You know, I tell people all the time and, you know, people used to would say, you know, what happens, you know, if, if Patrick leaves, what happens? And, you know, I think probably a party. <laughs> probably a party. I think that there's now we've built something that yeah. everyone knows is there yeah. and that's a legacy that lives on, yeah. but it's not the end. Yeah. You know, you have to continue to stay ahead of the curve and you we do. will. And that's the challenge you lay down to the organization, yeah. to us as leaders, I think every day. And it's what's motivate. It's what keeps me here. Yeah. I'd be so bored if we yeah. were just doing, you know, the same yeah. old thing all the time. You know, Dana, you mentioned, you touched upon smart cities and there's a big buzz out there in the public sector about smart cities and in the private sector as well, that now is fully engaged in providing technology and services in this new space. And it's, uh, it's exciting, but it's also dizzying, and it you it's easy to get distracted with all of the new shiny objects that are being mm -hmm. developed, and, and cities can spend a lot of money um, getting fixated on these shiny objects, 
And it's just, again, these are just new tools for us. And it's critically important to stay focused on serving our citizens and serving our businesses and creating that quality of life, that competitive advantage, that desire to want to be a part of this, this amazing community and look for the intersection of our, again, getting back to our biggest challenges, our biggest opportunities. And then is there a product that's being developed to, to where the two intersect and then engaging that and doing test pilots and trials of it to make sure we can validate it. Does this get the job done, accomplish the goal? and then make larger investments. Um, critically important for cities to stay focused on the basics while they educate themselves on smart cities and kind of develop those roadmaps forward of how they'll approach the adoption of some of these technologies. I love it. And like I mentioned, there are not other city managers that I know of or have been lucky enough to work with like you out there. And I'd like to also mention before we wrap up that you will be receiving the Arizona City County Management Association's highest honor, the Dabalski Award, at the end of this month. And I think that's really amazing. It was created in 1997 to recognize city and county managers who demonstrate the highest level of professional excellence in local government and who've made life contributions in serving the profession. So congratulations to you because you are so deserving. Thank you, Dane. I'm pretty sure everybody else had won it, so it was just my turn. But <laughs> You were the you. only one left. <laughs> I was the only one left. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh. It's like getting picked class for the team in school. But yes, At exactly. least you're on the team. Well, I did tell someone you were receiving this award the other day, and the room went, oh, no, that means they're going to steal him. And I said, <laughs> oh, no. He, 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 we're safe. We, we're stuck with him for a while. But it was cute. That was the first reaction oh. was like, oh, no, oh. they're going to take him. Thank you, Dana. But yes, we have something really special here. And yes, that's we do. all because of the vision that you laid out for oh. us. So we're lucky. Very, very lucky. People like you. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Oh my gosh, it's like a love fest. I love it. <laughs> yes, well, thank you for joining me today. Thank I think you. this is really great. And, you know, I, like I said, it, it's one of the most common questions I get from anyone who'd like to be doing. And, and the reason we started this podcast was so that other cities could do the things that we're doing, even in small ways. It's not always the big thing. Sometimes it is just little improvements and little things you can do to make a big impact. Mm -hmm. So I think that there'll be a lot of value in this episode. So I appreciate it. And to all of our listeners, you can follow Patrick on Twitter at Gilbert underscore manager and our podcast at GovGone Digital. And we'll see you soon from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital.